All right, what's happening, guys? I'm John Lovell. This is The John Lovell Show. I am pausing before I do a sensationalist lead-in to just hold up my cup of coffee and say, cheers to you guys. You know, let me hold on. That was a loud sip for you guys who can't see me drink. You can hear it on podcast. I was thinking about you guys. You guys are swell. Listen, stuff is looking really grim abroad. War is breaking out, and now, man... Things are getting really, really upsetting. I can tell because everyone I talked to leans in and says, hey, what do you think is going to happen? And people are buying and panicking and preparing for come what may. What I wanted to do is have a sober moment where I could kind of speak some wisdom into you so that you don't run out and do a bunch of panic buying. And instead, we do calm, cool waters, and you're going to want to get some stuff in the spirit of preparation, but there's a calm and smart way to do this. And so we were going to lead in uh, with that. I I know, Ben, you have a confession, uh, but beforehand, last week, ammo prices, ammunition prices went up 40%, I'm told, 40%, just skyrocketing AR-15 ammo and also pistol ammo, 9 mil uh, went through the roof. And what did you do last week, Ben? I decided to go ahead, and after months of pretty decent prices, I went ahead and purchased a couple hundred rounds of overpriced rifle ammo because I only buy rifle ammo when I shouldn't. Yeah. When the price is high, that's when I decide to buy always. So, guys, I want you to look at Ben right here. Look at his face. Just look at him. Of look, what look here's do. Ben, the poster child for what you should not do. Yeah, Don't it, panic buy, people. Yeah, it With that, this is the John Long Show. I'm going to cut him <laughs> off. Here we go. little good ever comes from panicking. And right now is a scary moment in our time. Everybody is very nervous, whether it's open border or internal terrorist attacks or World War III, Armageddon things. Economy is in the crapper with runaway inflation. And frankly, people are really struggling even to pay bills. There's so much uncertainty. And in this time, I wanted to hit pause and say, hey, panic rarely accomplishes anything good. And why do people panic? Really, the major reason why people are panicked is they feel unprepared and uncertain about what's coming down the pipeline. People who are just going about their lives, doing stuff, are met with a crisis that they're unprepared for. And so they freak out and say, how can I make up for all my lack of planning up until this time? Now, there's an antidote. I'll give you two options because people do one of these two things. One is you can just ignore a crisis. You see all the panic and you say, no, no, that has not happened before, at least to us in our point in history. So inductively speaking, it never will. This is dangerous logic. However, sometimes it pans out. You're fearful that everything's going to collapse. And then that moment kind of comes and goes and you're like, well, that ended up better than I hoped. You could just ignore it. Now, the problem is, is if it is a real catastrophe, you are going to be utterly screwed. You're kind of betting it all that everyone is wrong and you alone are right. Sometimes it'll pan out for you. And that's really, really good because people do tend to overreact. But what if you're wrong? There are many people living uh, peacefully in Europe and they heard rumors of war of a third Reich pushing through in the 1940s. And they thought, no, 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 it surely won't come to our home, our neighborhood, our farm. And there was a day that was peace. And then the next day brought mayhem, pillaging, death, and war. 
In a moment, the crisis happened. There's a Soviet Union, and people were living in the Soviet Union, feeling like these days will just continue and go on forever. But in 1991, the Soviet Union fell, and the entire country at that time, which was dissolved and broken up into many other countries, uh, was thrust into mayhem for years. Rioting, coups, starvation, scarcity of resources, looting, all kinds of terrible, terrible stuff. It's amazing when a civilization starts to unravel, you see the marks of it, you see it in America right now, it all starts unraveling, 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 and then it speeds up, and then something catastrophic happens, something that hadn't happened up until that point, and that's the death of an empire. It happened to the Romes and the Chaldeans and the Persians and the Grecian Empire. All the great empires fall. It's our job to be prepared so that when crisis does come to our doorstep, we're not panicked. We're not caught unaware. And so we're going to go through some very practical ways that we can do this. You know, one more example just popped in my head. Katrina, I wanted something a little bit more localized. People saw this great storm coming in, a million or so evacuated, and uh, tens of thousands chose to stay behind saying, no, nah, I don't think it'll be that bad, or I can't, I, I won't leave my home. Now, over 1,800 people would end up dying for this mistake, and tens of thousands more would have become refugees. Moving up to Houston's Astrodome, 30,000 people just milling around without access to real food and water and sanitation. It became a public health emergency. Down the street in Houston, the convention center was filled with 25,000 people. All of a the sudden, their life was one way, and then everything changed. Discerning people know, don't ignore when the writing is on the wall. Don't pretend like all the good times will just keep on going. It's a fallacy, and it's the coward's route that will believe because we've had good days before, we always will in the future. It's a way that you can subtly, uh, with the voice of a critic, abdicate your responsibility as being a protector and a provider. It's like saying, well, I've never died before, so I never will die. So there's no reason for me to have life insurance for my family or a last will and testimony. That's what it is. It's inductive reasoning, and it's irresponsible and not befitting of a true man. So what we want to do instead, my friends, is prepare calmly. I'm going to juxtapose this uh, idea of panicking and preparing, and we kind of look at them back and forth in a very satisfying way. So panic buyers uh, are dumb money. They don't know what they don't have, and they're just freak out, and they'll fixate on a couple things and then just go nuts for it. This was seen a few years back when there was this huge run on toilet paper. Our supply chains, which are already <laughs> really weak. I was toilet paper. What the when crap? you were talking about prepping, I was thinking, man, I don't got enough toilet paper. <laughs> what the crap? Quite literally, <laughs> what the crap, you know? So, uh, yeah, what, what was that about? Of Like, I'm a prepared guy, and I have all the, you know, whatever, but toilet paper, that's the thing you chose? Man, if you can't wipe your bum, do you really have anything? Yeah, you can. You, you, yeah, this is not feeding you. You could just be a gross person. I don't want to be if a gross I know, person. If I know I'm going to be emaciated, starving of malnutrition, but my butt? So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Bro, it's a foul ball. People just panic. They freak out. It's unpredictable. It's a herd. I'm thinking right now of Black Friday sales. A few years back, a Walmart greeter was trampled to death during a Black Friday sale. 
These people were so excited to get a few bucks off some stuff that they really didn't need that they trampled someone to death. What would they do in a real socioeconomic uh, problem? What would they do when they hadn't eaten in, in 36, 72 hours? So instead of being dumb money, somebody who is wisely preparing, they're a wise spender. They're thinking more in terms of investing in self-sufficiency. It's putting stuff away for a rainy day. They're getting it, not when they need it, but in case they one day need it. Uh, my wife and I, I mean, we started on this journey seven, I don't know, eight years ago when we were buying our first long-term storage food and we didn't have a lot of money. And so we were just putting a little bit aside. And then later we got even broker and we ended up dipping into our storage food uh, once because it was just, man, we really couldn't afford to eat out. And so... Anyway, they kind of saved us, but maybe it saved me because I didn't do a great job budgeting. That's awful. I have a degree in finance. I should have done better. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I think that you can make good uh, financial decisions and you can work really hard and still you're just at a place where the math doesn't add up and you got to do something. You got to build some economies of skill. It's just going to take a little bit of time. You're starting a new business. Well, here you're going to be broke for a couple years, and you're going to be grinding it out. Huge amount of risk and effort to be able to get a little bit of momentum. So hopefully, you could have a life in year three. So let's be wise spenders. A lot of you guys uh, are part of our mailing list for Warrior Poet Society, and we send out emails. I'm like, hey, here's a deal on such and such. And a lot of you guys are wise spenders because you'll wait for a, a sale to come out, and then you're like, yeah, and then you rush the door and whatnot. Or you look for deals elsewhere. I only buy ammo when I see a screaming good deal that's too good uh, to uh, yeah resist, and then I'll buy it in bulk. So I'll get a whole bunch all at once, hopefully enough for for the year or half a year. And now I'm, I'm in like a training company where we're, we're doing in-person training class. So we got to have ammo for me and, you know, whoever else is uh, helping us train. So we're in a little bit different category. It's good business decision, but what's good for a business can economically be good for an individual as well. You look for deals and you shop in advance. Right now, I'm thinking about the amazing investor, Warren Buffett. I, I mean that he's an amazing at investment. And he says, I wrote down the quote, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. That means Ben. Ben. What is it? John, unpack this for me. Here's it. Please. When everyone else is buying ammo, you shouldn't be. And when Shoot. no one is buying ammo, you should be. That's what it means. I missed my window. <laughs> Buy low, sell high. I always the, uh, miss thing. the window. Always. And so when people are freaking out, I mean, that that's, that's not a time for fear. But when everyone's feeling secure, be greedy. That's when you should be stocking up more. All right, second rule point, comparing a panic person versus a preparation mindset. The panic person really has no plan. That's part of why the, the panic happens in the first place. They didn't have a plan, and all of a sudden, they got uh, they, they to figure something out, and so they don't know what to do, so that they just buy a bunch of crap and hope that will be sufficient as a stopgap against the fact that they weren't really prepared. Uh, this is not so with the other mindset. Uh, in, uh, instead, they're going for self-sufficiency and they're going for long-term sustainability. Instead of getting the stuff, they want assets that will help them produce the stuff. I've been in a different mindset categorically of like, okay, uh, I want I want to get some money and put it back. And whereas beforehand, especially when I was in like college, I'm like, you get a big nest egg and then you 
pull the drip for the rest of your life until you kick kick the bucket. And hopefully you got a, an annuity that'll last till the grave. And that's called retirement. And now I'm like, man, I, I don't have illusions of grandeur or something like that. I've really, I want uh, assets that give me what wealth would buy. Like what I need is food. So instead of buying food, I bought chickens and the chickens make my food and the chickens eat bugs. And we're in Georgia, so we already have bugs. They're on the ground. They're we free. We have so many bugs in Georgia. <laughs> There's too many. Now, so you have no plan or you have somebody with a plan. I, I know a, a lot of buddies who, uh, they're more boxed in in neighborhoods. They don't have an asset like land, land and chickens and livestock. That's all long-term sustainability, self-sufficiency stuff. When you have that stuff and you grow your own food, the economy fails and you're like, well, I guess I'll just keep homesteading and I'll be okay. Now, a lot of you don't have that option. And so here's your plan. You get skills that are so attractive, people with those assets desperately want you to come be on their property in case anything ever went sideways. You got medical training or you got security training or you know how to do welding stuff or you're a mechanic or you're a butcher or a carpenter and you have all, you know, those are skills of like, hey, this gal knows jarring and canning and she builds root cellars and stuff. I'm like that gal, her husband, you guys come live at our place. If anybody wants to keep land, they're going to have multiple families that need to be able to defend it in this particular scenario. The way my mind works is I work through a primary plan, then an alternate contingency and emergency plan. So I have layers of plans and I go for the worst case. So if anything short of worst case happens, I'm good to go. And if nothing happens, well, then we just have a healthier lifestyle, working in the dirt with our hands, raising our boys, spending copious amounts of time outside and trying to lower our overhead by not eating out all the time and we're healthier. And so it's a healthier lifestyle anyway. So some people will be like tenfold hat, you know, you're paranoid. I'm like, man, clearly you have not visited us. We're we're not doing that. We're just spending a lot of time outside making memories and stuff. John has zero tinfoil hats at his property. Zero. I tried to find one and I couldn't find even one, which was disappointing in a way. If I need them, uh, I guess I will go panic by uh, tinfoil hats because <laughs> I don't have that. I've not been prepared for that piece. Uh, third thing, panic people buy random assortments of like guns and gear and security preps. I'm speaking to this one a little bit more drilled down because that's what we do. Warrior Poet website is nothing more than just all the boutique items that I think are best bang for the buck. And so it's like the stuff that I've got in uh, you know my place. These are all the stuff I do. I'm like, hey, guys, this is what I do. You can do it if you want. This is what I think is the best bang for the buck for whether it's backpacks or war belts or knives and slings and flashlights, all the goodies. It's curated, and that's what we do. But the panic buyer will just go without much research, without due diligence, without shopping kind of like, or thinking, what is it that I actually am trying to prepare for? They just get a bunch of stuff. And like somewhere in this big, massive tactical weirdness and all these collectible guns that are all in these different calibers and all these pistols that you have no holsters for, somewhere in that, maybe there's some good. On the other side, though, you have the prepared, calmer mindset that is more purpose-built. It's like, man, I only stockpile a few calibers. I don't have a bunch of 45 or 40. I just 9 mil. So I have a bunch of pistols, and they all take 9 millimeter. 
and they all fit in all these different holsters that already have war belts. And so if I got a bunch of buddies that come on, I'm like, hey, guys, here, here, here. And I pass out body armor and here's your guns, which all match and the magazines all work and the holsters all are interchangeable. And I'm kind of like, that's what I'm preparing for. That's... I like being able to do that. It was fortuitous that all of this worked out that way. <laughs> nope, not lucky. This was a plan. <laughs> that I've been enacting little by little over the years. So instead of going out and buying all this stuff at once, which would be, that would be very, very challenging. It's just whenever I make a little purchase, I make sure it fits in that greater long-term goal, which may take you a decade to get there. But instead of buying all this random assortment of crap, I'm not a collector of oddities. Uh, I'm a preparer who is going in a certain direction with a certain goal. Prepared people are purpose-driven, whereas panicked people are just throwing money away. The last thing, uh, I wanted to, instead of just like the physical skills or assets that people are going, I wanted to talk about heart and mind. The panicked people are stressed out. They're fearful. They're reactionary. They're not in a good place mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Whereas somebody who's prepared, they're able to look at turmoil and they can, they can be okay with this. This is something they already thought about in advance. So when the awful thing actually happens, they're not caught unawares. They're not caught on their heels. They're okay. When COVID broke out, I already had like a couple hazmat suits, because why not? I had gas masks, and I had stockpiled uh, N95 masks. So when they all disappeared, I already had that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I am ready. For whatever this is, nobody knew what it was for the first month, except the people who cooked it up. So remember, in any crisis, it's not your stuff that that has to make it through. It's you that has to make it through. So if you're not mentally, emotionally, spiritually really ready to go through that and deal with the upset and the stress of it, you're going to just crack like a dam, water bursting through it. You're not going to make it. Now, I hope you guys are listening to me on this because my heart is just to take care of you warrior poets out there so we are calm, cool hands when everyone else is freaking out. Yeah, you need to do some preparatory things. You need some storage food. That's good. Ben, you just bought some storage food, didn't you? Um, matter of fact, talking. yeah, I have made some unwise financial choices, but one of the best ones that I did within the last two weeks is I ended up... Uh, uh, buying some more uh, food from my Patriot Supply, and um, I used. Did you use your, our? I used your link, my man. Um, and the, dude, the irony is, is that I only remember because I always see it in our descriptions for our videos. Yeah. So I'm like, I think John has something. Yeah, man, it took a good chunk of change off my bill enough where a couple dudes, hundred bucks. Yeah, man, guys, out. don't don't miss out on using John's link to my Patriot Supply. It was very worthwhile to do that. So, And that actually helps us as well. That's not just a deal for you. That actually helps the society. So mm -hmm. use our link. Uh, make sure you click the link, and that takes you to some special landing page. Yeah, we'll throw it in the link below. Supply. Yeah, we'll, we'll down, throw it down the below. Link. But yep. uh, storage food is kind of like a first thing. Uh, also want clean water. I, I really like uh, the Berkey uh, mm -hmm. water filters. All of the water that we drink in our house is filtered through that. All of it. So we have filtered water that comes out of our fridge that we'll fill up our Berkey with if we need to, mm -hmm. or just faucet to Berkey. Berkey's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Link down below for that as well. They're stupid expensive. Uh, buy once, cry once. Water's really important, and I, and I have no idea what has been, what is in our water. It's bad stuff. It's in our water. 
And so uh, me and my family leave nothing to ch chance. We've been doing that for years, but we can take our pond water and run it through that. Now yeah. you still need to do, uh, you know, zap it with some kind of uh, infrared, something that'll kill uh, bacteria that a filtering agent won't, but you can still, you can do that. But filtering it through that, that's a, that's a good first step. And also being able to have uh, big receptacles so that if you feel like water may get turned off for some reason, you fill up your bathtub with water and you got these big canisters that you fill up with water. And if you got a well, like we got a well, well's a big deal. You got a pond, that's a big deal. You got a river, that's a big deal. Hey, you know, in a real simple way, if any of you garden or have a garden, get a rain barrel, a rain collection barrel that, you know, many gardeners use that it, uh, you can attach it to your downspout and it fills up. Some of these go from 35 to 55 gallons and it does not look weird because it's just something for gardening. But in a pinch, that could be up to 55 gallons of potable water for you that, that you could put through a, uh, a Berkey. Yep. And especially if you're not near a water source, that could be a great solution for you. Get all kinds of tools that you may need of like you told me you were just making sure you had a pickaxe. I'm like, pickaxe, yeah. that's a good idea. You got yep. hammers, you got plenty of screws and nails for whatever projects. Yep. And, uh, you know, I make it a habit of not throwing out my scrap wood. I keep that around. No man should throw out scrap wood. Mm, I have I have thrown out John. too much scrap. I will do better. I will do better. I've a got a bunch of this. pallets, but uh, that's not very good. <laughs> that's junk wood. No, guys, no, pallet wood's great. Keep it. Because uh, you can use it to put over things and fix things. Having some wood is a good idea. Yeah, I need to do that. All right, well done. But this was really about me looking down on you, and then immediately you, yeah, you got something. John doesn't have, you know, but, but boo, John, yeah. boo for me. He also doesn't have any screwdrivers. I've got plenty of screwdrivers and drills and stuff. John has a, a snow a, a shovel for winter snow, but it doesn't snow in Georgia. My shovels are for horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. No, it's for gardening as well, which we are still terrible at. Uh, but it is for that. Hey, it's okay to make your mistakes yeah. now, so you don't need to make them when it when it matters. Do audits over the next few months of all the things you go to the store for. I'd say, oh, whatever you're buying at the store on a normal basis, I'd want months of that stuff already set aside. Of like in my stocker, I've got a whole stock room that's just dedicated to preparation stuff. Of like, I've got droves of like toothbrushes, uh, extra filters for. My Berkey. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got extra light bulbs, yep. though they don't burn out because I switched everything to LED. Mm -hmm. And Berkey, they'll, they'll uh, occasionally have sales on their charcoal filters, and I just wait for those sales, yeah. as, as you typically probably do too, and, and get them on sale, and it's yeah. a good discount. So um, have you heard what's happening with Berkey now, by the way? No, I have no idea. The government is trying to classify it as a pesticide and get rid of Berkey. What? And you're like, pesticide? What, what's this have to do with pesticide? I'm yeah. like, nothing. It, but they're saying because it filters out uh, things like a pesticide okay. might, because it's eliminating that, it does the function of a pesticide. So what? therefore, this filter, and so the people panicked and, and bought a bunch of them, and now it's really hard to get if you can even get it at all. We'll find out after we finish this show, but... Holy that cow! Is of like, wild. yeah, Absolutely but it's it's wild. just a case in point. Something as benign as oh, well, I'd like clean drinking water, and somehow big government is after that as well. Absolutely does not harm your water in any way. It is only a net positive. So it's like, why are y'all picking on self sufficient clean water? I am still scratching my head that there's no way that can be true because that's just so stupid. And immediately, my my reaction is is like, why would you do that? Is there something in the water? that you want me to drink that yeah. Berkey's getting rid of? Is that what's going on? Because I can't think of any reason why that would happen. 
Uh, you don't want anybody having doing any any independent water purification or, like in the or, U.S. Or maybe, it seems like what the government's after. Maybe pharmaceutical companies want me sick, and so if I drink untreated, unfiltered water, I don't get sick as much. Of like, if like, whoa, that's real conspiratorial. Then can then explain to me <laughs> why Berkey water filters are being shut down. Yeah, explain it to me real slow so I can understand it. Huh. Yeah, anyway, but, yeah. Uh, back to storage room of like, man, all the batteries that you need, lots of coffee filters and coffee and, uh, I mean, just what whatever you can think of. And some folks would be like, whoa, I don't have any of that. And you're making a list and you put a, you know, $10,000 bill and now you can't pay your normal bills to just live. I'm like, man, this is stuff over time. Because remember, the spirit of it is, and I'm not giving you a list to go uh, cause an economic crisis right now so that you can prepare for a possible crisis later. You don't want to throw yourself into crisis now <laughs> to, to make a sure crisis. But then you can learn how to live in crisis. No, don't do that. It's just a little bit over time, and you want to do it when everybody else is freaking out. Some Now, some may say, well, John, the hour is too late. We're out of time. And if you believe that, well, all that's left is panic, and I don't know what else to tell you other than, I mean, yeah, if—, if if the stock market's crashing tomorrow, uh, I want to sell everything today. If the banks are going to fail tomorrow, I want to cash out everything today. And I want to buy some. If the dollar collapses tomorrow, I want to have zero dollars by the close of business today. And I've converted it into something that's uh, a physical asset. Uh, of like, and I can't do that. There's no way I'd be able to actually pull that off. But I'm just saying, as a thought experiment, that's what you do. So, I don't know what's coming down the pipeline. It doesn't look good, but I know cool heads and cool hands prevail. And so I'm just pleading with you to be smart. Well, I ran out of coffee filters the other day. Yeah. yeah it provided a minor crisis in my household. John, I was so desperate for coffee that I wondered if I could reuse the previous day's filter. No, you can use a couple paper towels. Ah, I didn't think of that. It's not very, it, it's not ideal, but I've done it. I've done it. And you could do toilet paper too. It doesn't work at all. It just turns into a toilet papery mess. But I want I want you to do it and I want to hear about it so I can hear. Can you imagine the It coffee? just looks like dirty toilet water. It looks like look, looks like you need a plunger in there. It's going to look like a disaster. If you have to write out the apocalypse with John, you're never going to have a boring day. I'm going to prank you it's constantly. Good. It's going to be terrible. I will prank you to death. <laughs> Before we move on, because uh, I know we need to move on, I want to talk about something a little bit more practical. I have an emergency stash in my kitchen. Uh, I've, I've got a, like a cubby that's here's for emergency. So we've got one place to go uh, in case during day or night we can hit this cubby up and everything's in it that we need. And so in it, um, I've got like a fire blanket. So if something's out of control on the stove. I got a fire extinguisher. Uh, I have a de-choker. That's really good, especially if you have kids. Uh, I'll put a link down below for one of them, but you're able to rip anything out of the throat without having to push it in there further or Heimlich and break a bunch of ribs. De-chokers, I think it's a real good idea, particularly if you have kids. I also have an AR-15 in there ready to go. I got a Narcan in there in case another drugged-out person shows oh. up on my front door. I can save them right yeah. there, uh, depending on what it is. I uh, also have emergency trauma things in case something happens. I am literally able to grab it. Uh, and we've got all kinds of those fast, ready-to-go medical stuff. So, man, this this video is just going to be link central. 
uh, for those of you who care about it, it it's our service to you. Um, I think that's all the stuff in my emergency stash. So anyway, have a little emergency stash. It's all right there uh, should you need it. You know, um, one thing that you can do for free um, is some of you actually just need to take the time to actually count and see what you have of what. You may not need to buy the stuff. You may actually come to find that you have 500 rounds of 9mm and you just didn't know. Yeah. So if, if, you, haven't, uh, if you haven't done uh, an inventory uh, of your stuff, that's something you can do for free. Yeah. And we'll pro- if you have no solid numbers, now's the time to get a solid number. And also, John, uh, if you've got something that's empty laying around, go ahead and fill it up. I had an empty propane tank. There you I was go. sitting yeah. in my garage. I got that filled. Don't, don't leave stuff that you could use empty. Fill it up. Yeah. So for me, there is one thing I can think of that I would kind of do a panic rush buy on, and that's uh, gasoline. I want 100% gas. That's no ethanols in it. So mm. my yard equipment and things can run off that. It's just a more pure gas. And then I'll get diesel as well. So, mm. uh, And I don't have a ton of it because I can't use it fast enough uh, for it to to last. Yeah. Diesel lasts a little bit longer. Gasoline doesn't last very long. And uh, right when I buy it, I store it in a cool, uh, dark place. And then I give it uh, an additive that allows the uh, it to last much longer. So uh, gasoline. So on day zero, I've got the freshest gas I can in case it fill, yeah. it, it all hey, disappears. You got to share the thing that you are currently buying because John's been prepping and doing this game for a while. He's got a lot of his bases covered. And John is in a, a different place with some of the preps. Do you, do you mind mentioning this, the thing that you're buying now? I am prepping books and DVDs. <laughs> books and DVDs. You're like, books and DVDs? What's that? I'm like, well, it's, I've prepared a lot of other stuff. Really, where I'm the weakest is um, I want other structures on my property for other families to do, and I can't do that. I can't do that right now. Um, I'd like to, but th- that's that's a far long-term stretch goal for us yeah. but I've, i'd love to be able to do communal kind of stuff to be able to defend our, our little property you know and in uh, the meantime for you john is is a super community-minded guy and yeah. so they are routinely hosting friends and family from out of town and so it is it is not uh it is a normal thing actually to have uh, multiple cars at john's um different people from different places yeah neighbors friends we got a pro- pretty cool thing with warrior pose society of like we're all buddies and kind of cross-trained and know where everybody's at. And then our local church is a really big, important piece of that communal aspect. And so what I really also should be focusing on is skills. So even if you have the asset, but you don't have the skill, well, that, that's problematic of like, man, we really need to grow at growing things. We're not good at growing things, and that's hard. And I don't know how to can or jar, uh, and that sucks. No, I have a canner. A really nice one, uh, but I, I would probably kill myself using it. It'd yeah. blow up. Yep. So <laughs> I, I don't what know. What a dumb like, way to go, huh? <laughs> I have no idea how to weld, and I'm also not handy as a carpenter or a mechanic. I'm just, man, I, I have some massive gaps in my skill sets. And so that's really the stuff I'm a little bit more interested in. A lot of times folks are a little bit too asset gear centric and too light on the skill stuff. It's kind of like you think you're going to trick out some amazing gun setup, whatever, when it's like a really trained dude with just a cheapo gun is going to put a whole lot of hurt on a whole lot of people because it's the Indian, not the arrow. It's really more about the skills. It's more about the shooter and the fighter and the tactician uh, behind the gun than 
how tricked out your gun is. But I also like tricked out guns. If that really good yeah, guy gets a really good gun as well, then he goes up a little bit more as well. And so <laughs> There's just something about feeling good about the weapon you're carrying that I makes agree. you feel more Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't want an orc sword. You know, I, I want agree. glam ring. Bro, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll slum it with the cheapo <laughs> rifles, but then I have my precious <laughs> Daniel defenses. And there I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the orc sword gets it done, right? But yeah, there you go. <laughs> you kind of look like a schlub. A- Aragorn was an amazing warrior, but he needed... Andrew L. That's right. That's a good uh, the one, Flame too. Flame of the West. Way so, to pull that out, dude. I have you read... You nailed the name of the sword, even. I didn't... That one I couldn't remember. I probably mispronounced it. Uh, I don't if care. If any of you guys great. are really good in Elvish, you're probably failing at all other areas in life. <laughs> like John. I, I'm... T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing because I knew the thing. I'm a guy that's actually read all the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and this is very rare. You probably won't meet another one of us. I've read cover to cover The Silmarillion. So that is a Tolkien fan Whoa. for sure. I've read The Silmarillion. It was a commitment. Some of you will buy it and be like, I'm going to be that guy too. And then you'll get like 15 pages in and of like, what did Wait, I sign up for? The similar, similar, isn't that Lewis? No. See, I haven't read it for sure. No. I definitely have not read that one. I bet Lewis, in all his glory, and all his reading, I bet he didn't finish it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, let's move on with the show. What have we got next, Ben? Well, we have our famous Q and ambush where you guys send in all your burning questions. We have a little bit of hot topics and uh, then dad jokes. Dad jokes. That's right. Uh, let's say goodbye to you guys listening in on podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'd appreciate your support. We need your support. Sign up at watchwpsn.com. That's watchwpsn.com. And then you can download the app on whatever platform that you're using and streaming on. There you got all of our training classes. You got all of our other shows, including the rest of this show. Uh, Hope to see you on a much better interface. See you guys.